0: This is a Rooster Teeth production. <laughs> okay. What? That, so that much, makes sense. So God, you wear, the wear them. Do you want these headphones? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I, then I, I, then, I, I, then I, it's not I, a not. I can't wear Sony headphones.
1: <laughs> what? My head's too big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have t- little, tiny tiny yeah. little Asian headphones. <laughs> little little Japanese headphones. It's <laughs> Insane. So where we're sitting right now used to be the Austin Airport. Yes. The Robert Mueller Airport. Did you ever fly into No, this I only picked someone up here once. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Did you ever fly
2: out here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I, well, I was stationed, at, I was in the Army in Fort Hood and very tiny regional airport there. So oftentimes we would fly into Austin and then take a, a little plane from Austin to Clean.
1: Uh, they wouldn't let you use the Air Force base.
2: Well, most of what most of, a lot of flying in the military was commercial. Okay. Um, I did use when we had to fly, like when I flew to Kuwait, we would they would charter a jet, like a big plane, and we would fly from actually from Fort Hood.
1: Okay. There's a there's a because I like chartered. It's not a commercial flight.
2: Yeah. Okay. There's a but a lot of times we would just or if you like wanted to go home to visit your family or whatever, Austin was your layover. It's weird to me. Because this
1: airport closed in 1999. Did you know that off the top of your head, or did you look it up? No, I know. I okay. remember when it happened. It was
0: June 12th, 1999. Guy? I put that in the history doc, is that, it you in guys, doc? that you guys <laughs> okay. didn't look at. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> June 12th. I, I, I wanted, I, I'm not 100% sure. It was June 99. I think it was June 12th. Okay. Uh, 99 was the final flight. I knew someone who was on the final flight that landed here at Mueller. Who and, was it? Uh, it was like an old coworker of mine, not from the call center, but from the place I worked after that. You never met them. Okay. He lives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you, whole, no, you don't <laughs> met <him. laughs> <laughs> um, it's just weird to me that, like, there's, like, a flight that took off somewhere and was like, we're flying to Austin. Wait, not the old airport. The new airport. That's weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's so strange to me. And now, like, that's the old airport. That's been there for... 23 years at this point, almost 23 years at this point. Well, it's
2: weird because, like, you mentioned that long ago, we were having the discussion, we were walking to the coffee shop. Uh, by the way, we should get to the start of this podcast and the premise at some point. But, uh, but We already started it. Okay, well, we should begin. We should <laughs> introduce it at some point. <laughs> uh, Mueller, we're in the Mueller development, yes. uh, is 18 years old. It feels like just yesterday they broke ground on this place.
1: Yeah, they, they got screwed over. Well, we all got screwed over by the financial collapse in, like, 2008, 2009, and they had to stop construction for a really long time. Like, they built the Home Depot and the Best Buy, and then they stopped. Yeah. (laughs) And and then it's like, only now everything else is, like, catching up. I remember they
2: sold us all on, it's going to be, like, a second downtown. There'll be restaurants and walkable, like, a European city. And then they built a a Home Depot and a Best Buy, and then nothing for 10 years.
1: (laughs) Well, now there's a coffee. We got coffee right over here down uh, across the road. There's a a Halcyon here, which is really mind-blowing to me, because Halcyon used to be downtown. It's the same house. It's, it's not like a different coffee shop that took the name, is it? I think Halcyon is still downtown. It's, oh,
0: it, it's in the downtown. Second, you guys in Colorado. Uh, yeah,
2: it, there, there's one on Fourth and Quad. Fourth and Quad. Yeah. Fourth and quad. So that Halcyon, okay. g- going back, man, we could go way back. I first went to that Halcyon in 1994 when it was Ruta Maya.
1: Oh yeah, that used to be Ruta Maya. It, used, it was the yeah. Ruta
2: Maya, and I remember that because it was the first time in my life I saw lesbians kiss. <laughs> And I thought that was the... Ne- I, I was from Alabama, right? And I was 18. So I thought that was a big deal. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I was like, in public? And they don't care? And this is all, this is 94? So it's still... You know, it's not today. Yeah. Uh, we were a lot more, you know, re- regressive back then. And so... Uh, it was
1: uh, it was awesome to see. I was like, oh, I'm in a big city. This is cool. <laughs> people are being people are being themselves. Yeah, I left, love this. Left Alabama behind. Yeah, I forgot that that was Rudemaya. Does Rudemaya still have any coffee shops, or do they just sell coffee? So Rudemaya moved from there to Pinfield when Penfield, oh, Penfield. took
2: yeah, off, yeah. and it was supposed to be a big deal. And then I think the world largely forgot about Pinfield. Uh, they closed that Rudemaya down, and I believe now they just sell coffee. I think they're just a roaster. We almost moved to Rudemaya. Yeah. yeah,
1: we did. Our, our our company. We almost. I mean, Amaya, We almost moved to Penfield. Yeah, team. we definitely. <laughs> uh, we looked at it. It was too expensive, I believe. Yeah, also, it was, like, not that great. Yeah, it wasn't that like- right. great. Rudimaya was down there. Halcyon came. What? I don't remember what your house got started. I, I only went to Halcyon or both a couple of times, and I think every time I went was with you. Really? Yeah. It's like, I would never make the trek down there. Like, in my mind, if I wanted coffee, I wouldn't go downtown. Or if I was downtown, it was, like, late at night and I was getting drunk. <laughs> like, I would. there's no... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there was never... A, in my mind, it never made sense to go... You weren't spending a yeah. lot of time downtown in the daytime? No. Yeah, nobody was back then. I guess I worked... Not in the morning. I worked downtown between, like, 2000 and 2002. I think Rueda was probably gone at that point. Yeah, it was definitely Halcyon by that point. Yeah. And that was also a bit of a walk for you from where you were. Yeah. They were, there were, there were close. The Hideout I'm, Theater I'm to was close. i the closer. Hideout yeah. all the time. Uh, right oh, we'll have
2: morning. to hit up the Hideout because there's a, a lot of historical significance to us in that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, we should probably introduce this podcast. So this is, uh, I guess, the first episode. Eric called it a test, but we did a test. We did two tests already over a year ago at this point. Yeah. About exactly a December year ago.
1: December 2020?
2: Yeah. 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 And then so, you know, take a, br- a year off to digest. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it, and then tackle it again. My name is Jeff Ramsey. You are Gustavo Sorolla, and you are Eric Bedour. And we work for a company called Rooster Teeth. We make a lot of podcasts. For the record, a lot of- I'm
1: Gustavo Cerola. You are. He's Eric Bedour.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: There, there you go. Yeah, because like, people don't know if they're listening.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, you're attaching the, voice, attaching to the voice to the to the, the title. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we work for an entertainment company. We do a lot of different shit. Uh, this is, I think, all of our third or fourth podcast. This might be the most premise-heavy podcast I've ever been a part of. There are like 72 different reasons I want to do this. One, coming out of the pandemic, finally. After two years, it's over Austin. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, six, 60,000 people died starting, last month. starting to emerge as, as Omicron waves that wave that the wave dies down. We're starting to emerge and I'm starting to go out again. He right? just started testing negative again. So, it's over. yeah, I've been at two years <laughs> through the pandemic and then I got uh, two uh, covid and tested positive for 13 fucking days. And so now I'm finally able to, to go out into the world. And there are one million coffee shops in Austin. Our, our little lot. city has exploded. Little
1: city? That was a coffee shop. Shit, that was a coffee shop. <laughs> on, they had all the Congress, books on the wall, like yeah. 11th Congress?
2: Uh, I think they still have some sort of presence, too. but Do they? Okay. In Austin, yeah. So anyway, I, I was paralyzed by coffee shop options. And that reminded me of a conversation that you and I had. We've been working together now for oh, about 25 years. I've known you for over yes. half my life. Yes. I was thinking about that yesterday. That's scary. And I guess we've been working together longer than 25 years if you count the, the, the no. day job that spawned our career. It's We're, been it – I started in 19 – 23 years. I started in 98 at that place. You started so, – oh, yeah, you started like December 98. December 98. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And so we've been working together pretty much every day since then. One of our early, early ideas before we started the company Rooster Teeth was we wanted to create something called the Drunk Army. Uh, do yes. you remember this? Yes. We wanted to go get a drink in every bar in Austin and then review them. We bought a website for it. We bought a website for it. I don't. Th- I don't. Do I still pay for that? You might. <laughs> if if you do, we need to use it for this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Because doesn't it doesn't apply anymore? <laughs> well, it's, it's it really doesn't apply anymore because <laughs> at some point I became a crippling alcoholic and then got sober. So I'm, I haven't had a drink in like in almost five five years. Next month, so I had to pivot away from that. There was uh, also a period in time we wanted to do the same thing, but with hamburgers. Like, we used to get into a lot of fights about who had the best burger in Austin. Hilberts. And so, uh, (laughs) so, uh, uh, really? I I like Hilberts. I don't think it's the best. Well, all right. So, uh. You don't have a place. I I mean, I I haven't sat down to think about it right now. Me neither. Off the top of my head, I know. Off the top of of my head, top notch is better.
1: Whoa! (laughs) Bold, bold.
2: Okay, all right, fine. Mighty Fine's pretty good. I have been my, there my years. Mighty Fine's
1: excellent. Anyway, that's a different podcast. Top Notch is funny because they lost their secret sauce recipe for a while. <laughs> did, you hear the, did you ever hear this no. story, Eric? <laughs> no, I've
2: never heard that. <laughs> yeah, this is great. So the, uh, I I mean, mean, it's, like it's, it's sad. Sauce yeah, yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. They had their, their, their mixture of Thousand Island and ketchup or whatever. <laughs> the, the correct uh, ratio. Their show. special <laughs> sauce. And the guy who created Top Notch, or I guess the owner, I, don't, I assume he created it. Yeah. He, uh, he unfortunately died. It was very sad and he his safe was locked and in the safe was, was this the recipe. recipe for the special sauce no way and i th- i want to say i remember reading about this
1: in the chronicle i think it took them like 3 weeks to get that safe no open. nobody knew the combination nobody knew how to get it out they couldn't open his safe
2: so to get the recipe it,
1: it was a big crisis for a while they didn't have access to the sauce for a while they could be lying to us maybe they they never I got mean, access and they're like oh shit we got to recreate it
2: it, be it was a great story to drum up support <laughs> because <laughs> it made me it definitely put them on the map again for, at the time So the idea being to pivot sort of those old and then combine it with going out into the world again, as COVID is waning, obviously it still exists. It'll exist for the entirety of our future, probably in some capacity. Endemic, yes. In addition, I have learned, Gus, you and I have been uh, what I would consider to be best friends for uh, over 20 years. Yeah, long time. I don't ever speak to you anymore Mm -mm. We don't ever talk We, We never communicate And I realized I am only At this point in my life At 46 I'm only able to maintain Personal relationships Through podcasting Okay Like my other best friend Is Gavin we have a podcast together. It is the only time we communicate throughout the week. Then I have a, a, our other very close friend of ours, Jack. I have a podcast with him. It is the only
1: time I communicate with Jack. You got to make podcasts. So if
2: I want to maintain a relationship with you, I, it has to be through a microphone.
1: That is the most like modern day <laughs> uh problem I've ever heard. Yeah, it, for real.
2: I just uh, I've turned into a hermit. Like, I have turned into what you always if, described to
1: be. If Seinfeld was on the air right now, that would be like Kramer's thing. Yeah, he, he would only talk. No, actually more of a George thing. George could only talk to people if they showed up to be a guest on his podcast. Yeah, George is more of an opportunist yeah. that way. So
2: there are all the premises that I, I lay out before you for the reason that this podcast should exist. Oh, also, one other one. i think about this a lot. Gus, you and I share a, a similar love for the city of Austin. Yes. We both came here. I was 18. How old were when you when you came here?
1: I was... What year was I? I was 19. 19. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. So we both spent the better part of our teen years here. I mean, for the first couple of years, I was stationed at Fort Hood, but I spent every second I yeah. could here. I was thinking about last night. It happened kind of so quickly and so slowly at the same time that I turned around, and Austin is a completely different place. Totally different. We, and can't we, drink the water we, anymore. <laughs> no shit. Well, as of today, we can't. Uh, we uh, witnessed... The radical change of Austin, mm-hmm. the radical growth where it, it went from being this cool indie art town. They called it the Velvet Ditch because anybody you could fall into it and it was too comfortable to to climb out of.
1: Yeah, it was it was like cheap to live at. You just get like a part time job, bucks right? bucks a month. Get a at,
2: roommate. G- yeah, it was it was the cheapest place on earth. And, now it's and like there was no crime. The most and expensive it was, places. Yeah. And I'm dealing with the fact, I've been coming to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to leave Austin someday Mm -hmm.
1: because I won't be able to retire here. I don't think it's a city. It's like L.A. It's not a city you can retire to. You need to leave to make room for other people to move here. That's true. That's what it really breaks down to. I was looking into it a couple months ago, and uh, I was pissed off that I was having to sit in traffic. (laughs) And I was trying to, in my mind, I was trying to wrap my head around how much worse traffic has gotten since when we moved here uh, in the late 90s. And I looked it up, and the population of Austin proper... Has doubled between the year 2000 and the year 2020. That's crazy. And the infrastructure has
2: not. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you, dude. Back in the old days, you and I would drink at a place called Bull McCabe's or a place called Ocean's Eleven. A little bit later, or we would go to Emos. Right? Was, uh,
1: yeah, all that stuffs on Red River. Yeah, between all that like stuffs sixth on Sixth and Seventh or Eighth.
2: And then the Emos moved to, to Riverside. It's the old back room. Austin on a Friday night, we could go to Ocean's Eleven at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night and park in front of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Or Casino, right on or six. Or Casino. Yeah. That's how much Austin's changed. Like, you would park at the bar you were going to. Well, I guess you wouldn't park in front of a Casino on Friday. And if it the was, road was closed, if but. for any reason it was busy, you would park at the Texas State Teachers Association. Yeah. That was always available. Was it the Teachers
1: associ- or was it the Principal? No, you're or right. It's teacher the Teachers Association. association.
2: Yeah. And then if any reason that was available, you would go... Eat dinner at Jaime's Spanish Village, and then they would let you park there all night. Yeah, and that was that was how you you got around traffic in Austin back then.
1: I think that teachers' organization is still there, but I think they put like a bar. So yeah, you can't park back there anymore. Yeah, that's that's been closed off for years. And Jaime's Spanish Village is long gone. It's been a couple different bars. You can since buy then. their salsa though. I don't know why you would. Yeah, It's the, a terrible <laughs> restaurant. I've seen it in the stores. The only reason it existed was
2: for their parking lot. Yeah, you get that red parking pass. That was the only reason to go there. So anyway, I, Austin changed so much, and we were a part of that change, and we spent our 30s, our 20s and our 30s here watching it, yeah. but we were so busy with work and had our heads down with our company, I think we a lot of it like, just passed us by, yeah. and we missed it. So I kind of want to do this podcast also, just to kind of share our experiences going through... We were in Austin in a very special place in history and yeah. in time, you know? Must have been like what it was like to be in L.A. in the 60s and the 70s and to get to watch the explosion mm-hmm. and
1: watch it turn into the, the go from the old city it was into the new city it became.
2: That's I think that's worth So we're memorials. we're
1: just going to shake our fist at the microphone and at the city in general and <laughs> yell at it to get off our lawn is yes. the, the gist that I'm, I'm getting here. I guess so, yeah. And also, we're going to review
2: every coffee shop in Austin oh, yeah. so that we, I, I can tell you where the best place to get a coffee is. So we
1: is. got coffee at Halcyon. Yeah, which I'm not. Which is in York which used to be the airport full circle we're bringing it all back around
2: in my head mueller is a solid seven out of ten or halcyon, sorry, halcyon is a solid yeah, seven out of ten I, I haven't had it yet i got a i got a black coffee and i got a black iced coffee and that's what i'm gonna get at every coffee shop we go
1: to you got every kind of coffee there i just got two coffees warm coffee cold coffee you know maybe here's my first maybe we should have gone to flight path since we're right by the airport this is a six. or by the old airport so six it's like a seven yeah it's, it's a seven, six somewhere the, around there the, the the warm coffee let me see he's drinking the iced coffee iced coffee he's is shaking the, his head
2: Iced coffee is a six. So it's not, that is, that's an iced coffee, not a cold brew. Well, this is a, yeah, they didn't have cold brew and they didn't have iced coffee. This is an iced Americano. Oh, it's an iced Americano. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's, it's fine. It's a, I'll, I'll go up to seven. Okay.
1: Fair, fair. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.
2: Uh, <laughs> ambiance uh, does nothing for so, me. It's, yeah, uh, we, we
1: actually are not in the coffee shop. We went across the street. There's like a big man made lake here. Yeah. Believe it or not, they didn't have this lake when planes would land right here. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of a hazard uh, for planes landing. I looked it up before. I came over this morning to record this. The old runway was runway 13 or 31, which means it was like at a 13 degree. Yeah, so it would be like 90 is west. So it would have been like 130 degrees. So it's like it would have gone northwest. So we would have seen planes coming in from this. I'm pointing. You guys, the audience, (laughs) can't hear it. But planes would have come in from that direction, landing here. And I think the runway would have been more or less where we are right now. Really? Yeah. I was trying to figure it out because I, yeah, I can well, see... Well, there's I, an old hangar,
2: right? old,
1: <laughs> I found the old runway map, and I oriented based off of the Austin Film Society stages. And I think the runway came this way. I think we would have been right in the middle of it. And the old tower, you can still see the old control tower. It's uh, over behind the houses in the Mueller subdevelopment. Wow, that's crazy. It was, it was interesting because back then, you know, if you were driving down 35... Very often, planes yes. would come in really low and, <laughs> you know, be on approach and land right over you. Like, you, it felt like you could reach out of your car and touch the plane. It was so low, like about to land. It was like in the here. movies.
2: It was pretty cool. I guess I should also mention, uh, for posterity's sake, our offices are in the Austin Film Studios. So that was a show with we- deep again wanted to get into it. Yeah, I oriented it based on our yeah, office. Yeah, so we're, we're right over there as well. Also, I have a question for you. You mentioned this is a man-made lake. How, do, how did ducks could, work? Could be woman-made. Oh, what? How do ducks work? Did you just build a man-made lake and, and the they ducks show up? show up? Or are those imported ducks? I assume they just show up.
0: Yeah, I think ducks so are do just you think everywhere.
2: Just yeah, ducks hanging out waiting for lakes to be built, well, and at, then
1: they just like call their duck buddies, and they're like, they're like at another lake, like in Ohio or something, and they're like, hey, we hear there's a new lake in Austin.
0: Yeah, and they, it's way cheaper. Yeah, then the old ducks are here, and they go, we can't retire in Austin. We have to go somewhere else right. and that way new ducks so can move in. Ducks work
2: much the same way humans do. I believe so. Okay, much more accelerated timeline though.
0: I just figured I don't know if you go to like
2: you like go to like Callahan's and buy a bunch of ducks and throw them I, out there. No, or? they just show up. They're everywhere. <laughs>
1: They're endemic, much like COVID. I mean, it,
2: you make it sound like there's ducks just like hey, wait, waiting in the
1: woods. Yeah, you don't see them because there's no lake or any place for them. If you go to like, like if there was another lake anywhere around here, you go to it. There's ducks at it. I don't know. I would. Li- I'd be interested to see
2: how maybe somebody who was involved in the, the construction of Mueller or, or this lake could tell us how, how did long for did ducks? it take. How long? Well, did, how long did it take for the first duck to show? Was
1: he by himself or her? Did, think, did they come in pairs? I think what they have to do is they build the lake, and then they have to stock it with fish. That's the part they have to import. The fish can't get so here on So the fish their don't own. just come here on right. their own. Yeah. So they've got to fill it with fish, and then once the fish get here, you know, the wildlife grows, and then the ducks show up to eat everything and shit all over the place. I, you know, you say the shit part, but I, I don't see any duck shit anywhere. It's, I, they actually keep it pretty close, because the, they don't come over here. That one over there, he's a little he's, uppity. Uh, he's <laughs> it's not having a good time. They're, they're pretty messy. huh? They stay close to the water, so they keep it all over there. If you walk over there where that group of ducks is, I guarantee there's duck shit everywhere. How's your, uh, how's your coffee? It's, it's okay. I think I've been—we've uh, been under a boil water notice here the past few days <laughs> in Austin. <laughs> yeah. So it's been really limited uh, as to where you can go to get coffee. So I've been a little coffee-starved. I've been making it at home, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like different making it at home versus going somewhere. Luckily, there's one place not too far from our studio called uh, Epic— or Epoch? Epoch. Epoch. For some reason, whenever there's a boil water notice, they'll keep selling coffee. I think they have a deal with that brewery over there off of Airport, where they'll boil the water for them, and Epoch can keep making coffee. Oh, that's cool. So that's, Epoch's been the only place I've been going to lately. Do you have? Is that? Would you consider that your favorite coffee shop? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. Uh, no. So no, I wouldn't. But not because they're bad, just because I've never thought about it okay I can't I'm, it's not like a hamburger I can't think of it off the top of my head
2: okay Eric how about you uh, no I
0: make I make coffee at home I don't really go to coffee shops
2: so that's another thing uh, we should get into I learned how to drink coffee in the army to stay warm and coffee to me is very utilitarian and I have pretty plain taste anyway so I just have black coffee black cold coffee and Tom uh, Ford sunglasses and what Tom Ford sunglasses well, very, my, very very plain utilitarian listen listen. <laughs> listen my, my girlfriend bought me though I didn't buy these sunglasses they were a Christmas present what am I going to do? Somebody buys me fancy sunglasses. You think I'm, I, I got to wear them, right? I'm just, I'm, just saying. I'm, I'm just one, like, one of you. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, a, just I'm, a, saying. I'm just like you. I'm a plain dude. Let me see what time it
0: is. Oh, yeah. uh, okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so you never drank coffee for enjoyment? It was always like sort of just
2: – I could never – I just don't have a very refined palate. So like Folgers or a fancy coffee shop to me aren't that different.
1: Whoa! That bird almost hit me in the head. I wonder if that keeps you on the
2: mic. I feel like my standards are pretty low. Gus, I would say you're you're not that person. You definitely have taste buds. But Eric is like the other end of the spectrum. You're,
0: you're a coffee, you're a coffee fiend. I spent three hundred dollars on a grinder Whoa, like a week on ago. On a grinder. Why yeah. what, not what, for like, weed. for coffee? Because <laughs> the hand, because the hand grinder that I had was fine, but I ran into an Ethiopian coffee that is tough for me to grind by hand, but I really enjoy the flavor profile. So, is it a
1: burr grinder or a conical grinder?
0: Uh, it's a burr grinder. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know what the difference is. Like you. Know. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it,
0: uh, this it was like a big purchase. I was, I'm excited about it, but I do I make coffee every day, like. Pour over, like make my own, like, like Chemex. A K- Chemex. Yeah, yeah. I do Chemex. Okay. I have like a like a standard like single pour over also that I do, and so. You ever use an Aeropress? No, it's uh... Aeropress. Seems like it's a fine way if you need to get like espresso without having like a machine, but it's just not make like an Americano. Yeah, I. But I just I take all my coffee. I take black coffee, and unless it's like you know on an airplane, then you know cream and sugar. Or whatever. Do you, do you drink coffee on a plane? Oh yeah, I know you're not supposed to. You never, I don't you care. Should never drink. Why? Coffee. I don't give a shit. Don't
1: drink coffee. Don't drink tea on a plane. Yeah. Why? They can't clean the water tanks. Yeah.
0: Oh, I drink it all the time.
1: Yeah, me too. And I will continue to. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's I'm, th- that, this isn't going to stop It's me. not that yeah. it's inherently dirty. It's just that they're scaling in there, that there's no way to descale,
0: de-scale it. Them. Yeah, 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 I got to yeah,
1: descale yeah. my coffee pot right now, actually. <laughs> Dude, the little
2: light comes on. It says, asshole, descale. Asshole, descale. Asshole? Yeah, it's aggressive. My very aggressive. So I feel like we represent the spectrum of coffee drinkers. Yeah, I I, I enjoy going to to a good coffee shop. I like a pour over at Cuvee. I uh, I like that place. The Cuvee. Uh, it's on E Sixth. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, that's a pretty. I, I don't know if I have a favorite coffee shop, but that would be up there. Pretty up there. Uh, uh, oh oh, Fleet. You ever been to Fleet? Fleet? No. Over I've on Weberville. No. It's how tiny. You know where uh, that metal punk bar is that our friend Adam goes to. The Lost Well? No. It's next to the Lost Well. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. What was there 20 years ago? Maybe I'll know that. <laughs> Probably another shitty bar. <laughs> okay. Was it over by, like, the Peacock Room? Peacock is at the end of 6th and, what is
2: it, Pleasant Valley or whatever? Yeah. This is, if you go down 7th, where, kind of over by where Fly Red is, you can take a, like a, a dog oh, leg. Okay. on yeah, the web I know where that is. where okay. Kitty Cohen's is and Garmon's. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's over there. Gotcha.
1: I got you now. Uh, Is the Peacock still there?
2: No, it's been gone for... The Peacock has been gone so long, it's been a couple of different places.
1: I think currently it's St. Rock's, Mm. which I'm Um, not a fan of. The other thing is that we're also really old now. So I don't know about you, but I never go to these places anymore. Well, yeah, and I don't drink anyway. My mind is stuck in a (laughs) very particular period of
2: time. When I quit drinking, I swore. I made a promise to myself. I was like, I'm not going to be one of those alcoholics who uh, quits drinking and then never goes to bars and never has fun again. I'm going to still go to bars and hang out with my friends. I'm not going to let it affect my social life. And then I discovered that uh, bars are fucking smelly and gross, and I can't go into bars anymore because it makes me want to throw up. So uh, I definitely became that person that I swore I wouldn't be almost instantly. It's years
1: of like spilled liquor mm-hmm. and just And, and the cleaner,
2: like sanitizer, it's a very specific uh, bouquet of gross smells. Disgusting. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say the chairs at Peacock, I don't know if you remember they had these white leather chairs that had oh, Peacocks yeah, yeah. embedded on them. I thought that was the coolest touch. They ended up at Clive Bar. When that place opened up, they bought those chairs, and mm-hmm. they had them there for a while. So I'd go visit the chairs over there in the early days. <laughs> Just I don't making
1: know if, their way around town? I don't know if Clive Bar's still there. I think they're building a bar on top of it or something, something above it. Speaking of building, our mutual friend Jason sent us a photo yesterday. Yeah, they, yeah. I guess they're tearing down that block at, like, 4th and Colorado, where look, most recently that restaurant Lonesome Dove was. Yes. But that's where right next to that was where the original draft house was that opened back in like 97 96. And Frank, right? Frank used to be right next to that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah I found out. I thought everybody knew that. I mentioned it to my
2: girlfriend last night who's lived in Austin for over a decade and she goes, "The The Ritz?" And I was like, "No, the original Alamo." And she's like, "I I thought the Ritz was." She had no idea that there was yeah. a Alamo fourth in Colorado. It was on Colorado.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was like that's the first one they opened up. Was like I said 96 97 like back when it was a really small, shitty theater with no reserved seating. So if you wanted to see what they were playing that night, you had to show up to the box office like yeah. three or four hours before the movie, or and stand in line. A chronicle too. What? Like what they were showing? I think so. Yeah, yeah you could see what they were showing, yeah. but you couldn't buy tickets. Right, right, right. You had to go there, and you would have to stand in line in order to get do a y- decent seat. Do you remember the first time you went to the Alabama? First draft time house? I went to the draft house.
2: No, I don't. I do. I have a very specific memory. Because I you know, I, I came here in 94, but then I got stations elsewhere, and so I had to move away. So I moved back. I got out of the Army, and I moved here full-time in 98. And my first wife and I at the time, I hadn't, I hadn't been here. I hadn't, I'd never been to the Alamo in those first two years. So well, in 90, December, December 98, we moved into Austin. The first weekend we were here, I was looking in the Chronicle for something to do. There was a midnight showing of Gremlins, and I thought where am I that shows (laughs) gremlins at midnight in 1999 or 1998, right? So we got to go. And so I had never heard of the Alamo before that. We went there. There was nobody at the downstairs, walked up the stairs. And then I was also – I was in my my early 20s in the 90s, so I was, if you were into film, you were a, ain't-a-cool-news yeah. reader. And so... Based out I, Austin as well? Yeah, based out Austin as well, right? So I walked up the stairs and immediately bumped into Harry Knowles, who was there, who was the closest thing I'd ever seen to a celebrity at that point in my life, probably, next to my Charles Barkley experience. And so uh, <laughs> he was talking to, like, a ticket lady, and I stood there for a minute, and they were just having this whole conversation, and then I thought, like... I guess, I don't know, I just walked around them, my, my wife and I walked around them, and went and sat down and saw Gremlins for free, and <laughs> that entire time I was there, I had no idea it cost money to go to the <laughs> I thought they made their money off, off the bar the tab, tab and yeah. the food, and I thought, oh, they just show a movie for free at midnight, and then people buy food nope. and drinks. Right. And it wasn't until the next time I went to the Alamo, and I tried to get in without paying, and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. asshole, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, alive. <laughs> I was very wrong about this. <laughs> can, I, can I pay you for another <laughs> ticket? I already saw a movie. <laughs> I felt so bad. December nineteen ninety eight, I believe.
1: my uh, saw the first time. there. Yeah, I can't remember the first time I've seen many movies. I when I went, I, I went to college for a year, and one of the people who lived next to me was the sister-in-law of Tim. Tim League. Tim, Tim League. Tim and Carrie League, the uh, creators. I of you're saying he was us. the? She was Carrie League's sister. Okay. Like lived next door to me in college, and uh, she she would tell me like, "Am yeah, I?" My sister and brother-in-law are opening up a, a movie theater in Austin. It's going to be called the Draft House. They're going to do all this stuff. So it's like that's how I found out about it. I was living in Houston at the time. And then I was like, "Oh, you know, when I moved to Austin, I was like, oh yeah, my old neighbor, this is like her sister and her brother-in-law's place. Like I'm going to go watch a movie there." Like it it was it hadn't been built up for me. It was just like, "Oh, my friend's in-laws and, you know, sibling yeah. opened up this place. Like I'm going to go check it out."
2: Now it's a nationwide chain and a part of what I would call the uh I don't know the emerging uh, cultrification of America through Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like a lot of Austin chains have spread out from Chewies to Rudy's to Alamo Draft House to fucking. Every time you turn around, there's a you run into a Chewies in South Carolina, and you're like, "What the fuck is hell?" That squirrel. That squirrel was
1: staring at your hands.
2: Oh, well, a friendly little squirrel. It, was, just say it, was, hi. it was
1: flashing you. She got like eight nipples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were
1: very firm. They were very erect. Uh, yeah, I feel like the um, a lot of that stuff started. In the late nights, because I remember yeah. living in Houston, like going to Chewy's there, and be like, "Oh, it's weird that they have one here too." Like it's, it, just started like creeping out, and then yeah. just like slowly, you know, went over uh, across the rest of the country from there. And then the uh, and then the next thing you know, you're going to you're eating at a Hopdotty in L.A. Yeah, where was I? I was in Denver last summer, and I saw like a Torchies. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, I was yeah. like, "Man, I wouldn't eat there in Austin. I'm sure as hell <laughs> not gonna eat there in Denver." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, do you remember when the first Torchies? Was it a trailer? It was a
1: trailer. It was the trailer behind Star Bar, right? Where, yes, where, where Hat, Hat Creek, Creek ended up being. Yeah. yeah,
2: that was the very first Torchies,
1: I want to say. Oh wait, it wasn't. It was across. It was by where Little Woodrow's is now, right? Or was it something over like behind? that? Yeah, it was right over that. there. And then there ended up being one
2: on Thirty Sixth as well. Yeah. and we were like, our office at the time was at. Seventh in Congress, yes. So we were kind of equidistant between the two. And uh, other guy we worked with, Matt Hullum, was obsessed. Yeah, I remember he wanted to eat at Torchies every single day. It was okay. It was, yeah, it was fine back then. Yeah,
1: but we, I would say we probably ate there three days a week for I think a good wow, clip. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I, I I ate there for the rest of my life. I'm I'm, I'm full. Yeah. How,
0: how does it taste compared to now? Is it like the same, or is it like? Do you feel like it lost like kind of luster off the pearl? I think
1: like it, it's different, and that's just inherent yeah. with like growing. You know, your supply. If you think about like a restaurant supply, like I'm sure they had like. You know, a company that gave them everything they needed. But as you grow and expand, you need bigger suppliers. who so can supply more stuff. So the quality changes. And that's just, that's just a side effect of growth, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think your taste buds change and yeah. what your
2: idea... Like, it's not my, not my kind of taco anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember that place? We used to have an office in Buda a long time ago. Big Oak Philly. Yeah, Big Oak Philly. That, that's, that place was excellent, but that's not the place I was thinking about. I was thinking about Garcia's. Oh, Nortania's. Where, oh, we get Nortania's? But I was thinking about you could get... A chicken fried steak covered in queso instead of gravy. Whoa. It's (laughs) like, it was just like mind blowing. I would say that Garcia's and
2: Big Oak Philly, which was a. Barbecue shop, sandwich shop, Eric, that started
1: in a hardware store. (laughs) It was a hardware store. Then they opened up a Home Depot in Buda. Uh And the day the Home Depot opened, the hardware store became a barbecue restaurant. Wow, really? And it was,
2: I kid you not, the best sandwich I've ever had in my life to this day. I would say that those two restaurants are
1: responsible for at least 100 pounds of (laughs) (laughs) rooster cheese. At at Big Oak Philly, they would make a Philly cheesesteak, but instead of using normal like ribeye or whatever, they would use barbecue brisket. Oh, shit. And you would cover it with queso and and like a barbecue sauce.
0: Oh. Holy shit. It was
1: so good.
0: Is there anywhere that does that now? No. Oh, no. my God.
1: No. That place closed 15 years <laughs> ago now.
2: <laughs> we, we ran into somebody after it closed, because it was weird, because it was these, like, stereotypical Texas dudes, like, big old country-fed Texas dudes who, uh, just genial, lovely guys who, uh who you would expect to run a hardware store Mm -hmm. and then who you would expect to probably spend a lot of time barbecuing. And I remember we were having a conversation one day and the guy was like, so what are y'all doing down here? We see you every day, you know? You don't look like Buda, you know? And we're like, oh, we run a video game store or this video game company where we make cartoons and shit. And he was like, oh yeah, I used to be a professional Counter-Strike player. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) What? And he was like, yeah, I did it professionally for like five years. And uh, man, the (laughs) the world got really small that day.
0: Wow, uh, this is awesome. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and this was probably 2000, Two thousand three, no, 2004? it would have been two thousand five. Two thousand five, yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, anyway, ran into that dude a few years later in Austin. I remember. Oh, and really? He mentioned you were there. He mentions
1: I'm, I'm, I'm like engaging for a podcast Oh, Okay.
2: A- <laughs> I remember we we, we tried. <laughs> that's that's how it works. He we tried to get him to, we tried to get him to either give us the recipe or open up another <laughs> barbecue store so we could get the sandwich again. But he wasn't having it. Yeah, oh. yeah.
1: I-, I love that unexpected fusion. But I also love that like that spirit of well. We can't compete with this with this business, like this Home Depot that just opened up. So we're just gonna pivot entirely, make a whole new business. And overnight. they had a way bigger hit on their hands in that sandwich. Mm-hmm. Big barbecue. For people who you know aren't familiar with Arabuda, is like a suburb a little south of Austin. Like if we were to get in a car from here and drive down there it'd probably take like twenty, twenty five minutes yeah, to get there yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like halfway to, to San Marcos. Yeah, and it's tiny, especially back then. not, not very many people living in that town. So, they're, like, the market was really small. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, they built a Cabela's there, and that changed everything. And yeah. I,
2: I would wager they were probably, at this point, there's probably more people working at Cabela's than lived in <laughs> Buda when
0: they opened Cabela's. Yeah. I was in Buta this weekend. I went to Pinball's. There's oh, a, yeah, pinballs, a pin, the in pinball's in Pinball's Kingdom. Yeah, Pinball's Kingdom. Yeah. What, what is I, that? It's like a big castle. There's like a dragon. Remember the pinballs. old truck? Oh, the old ca- Cafe out. 290. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The old 290 what Cafe. Is, what is Cafe that's, 290?
1: There used to be a truck stop, uh-huh. and that building, that yeah. stone building that's there, used to be a restaurant for the truck stop. Oh, it was really? called the 290 yeah. Cafe 290 or Cafe Cafe or something like that, yeah. Huh. Well, they turned it into a pinball. So <laughs> it, 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 I will say this about that place.
2: it looked, Dirtiest fish tanks in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it looked so much better than it tasted.
1: Like, you drove by and went like, I want that burger. And then you go in there and you're like, I do not want this burger. <laughs> we worked in Buda for a couple of years, and that's where we found Big Oak Philly yeah, and Garcia's. Yeah. I think we went to that 290 Cafe once. Wow. And there were very limited food options in Buda <laughs> at the time. We're like, that was enough. There was also a restaurant called Two Mamas. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, they would serve one meal, like yep. one dish. Like, you walked in on Monday. Monday was meatloaf. Yep. You walk in on Tuesday. The Tuesday was casserole or whatever. It's wow. like every day of the week, it was just one thing. And if you wanted that, that's what they had. Yeah.
2: It was like two sisters that ran it. Two mo- they were both moms, so they called it Two Mamas. And yeah, and it was just like home cooking. And it, we ate there all the time mm-hmm. as well. Their meatloaf was... I'm not a huge meatloaf fan, but it was fucking... It was good.
1: It was good. Uh, that's the only
2: one I remember. That's why I said it. It was a, <laughs> Mondays. I didn't get a, meatloaf. They had like a... They had like a stew or something that we ate a lot. I mm-hmm. remember. Yeah, like a beef stew or... I can't remember what it was now, but you know.
1: It's been so long. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right there like on Main Street. So it's like they, we we lived in... Oh, we didn't live. We worked in the only apartment complex in Buda which had... 12 units? Yes. It was two buildings, six units in each building. That was was it. Those were the only apartments in Buda. And we would walk across the train tracks to Main Street and that's where like all of these businesses we mentioned, they're all right next to each other. It's like Big Oak Philly was on the left, Garcia's was uh, just to the right of that and then just to the right of that was two mamas. Wow.
2: I'll tell you a funny story about Eric uh, that I bet you've never heard about uh, our time there. We've got a billion. Oh, that's another thing too. I, as I get older, I realize I'm becoming far more sentimental and nostalgic mm-hmm. than I anticipated, and I think I'm the only one. <laughs> like I've 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 tried to do this with Bernie and Matt, the other guys that founded the company, and they have no interest. Like they, nobody wants to reminisce with me, except for Gus. puts up with it. I'll so reminisce. I reminisce. I, like I like a little reminiscing. Uh, I did not know I'd be so sentimental. So we worked. A bu- uh, it was a it was a six unit apartment complex. Downstairs, three downstairs, three upstairs, right on the railroad tracks, which was awesome when we were recording audio 10 hours
1: ago. There were not trains constantly going by. Yeah. Uh, Only
2: every hour or so. Below us was a coffee shop. I don't remember what it was called, but it had the most burnt coffee I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it was burned as hell. every fucking day. It was. What was it called? It was so long ago. I remember the name of the dude that ran us out of town, but I don't remember the name (laughs) of the coffee shop we went (laughs) to every day. Him and his damn triangle. Him and his damn triangle. (laughs) it's, It's a... Success the whole triangle, dude. Oh, man. Uh, he was trying to help us become a successful business. <laughs> so we were like, all right, we're going to go back to Austin. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so this was in the early days of, of Rooster Teeth. when We'd started in Bernie's spare bedroom, which was also in Buda. Then we, uh, we rented the 800-square-foot apartment, which was huge mm-hmm. compared to Bernie's spare bedroom. One bedroom. But his, his wife was like, get the fuck out of this house. And so we did. And we were like, we thought we were big shit at the time. So the, the apartment right next to us was empty. And then the apartment to the right was this, like... 25 year old blonde girl Just nice girl We didn't really talk to her much But we'd say hi I think hi. I saw her once Yeah the entire time we Every were once in a while You'd see her Say hi to her But this was in the early days When we were kind of taken off And we were in vogue as it were We were like a new oddity In the entertainment world And so we were getting A lot of press New York Times Wall Street Journal People would come and interview us Fucking Wall Street Journal For Fucking Wall Street Journal Don't even get me started on that one Goddamn. Uh, the goddamn writer of the, the goddamn writer of the Wall Street Journal article who was really fucking nice uh-huh. and I really liked the dude. He yeah. was a really good listener and we took him to Salt Lake and we had a great day with he him. He hung out with us
1: for like three days or something.
2: Days and I like felt like a connection with him, right? Mm-hmm. This fucking guy. Sorry, this is an aside. And then when the article comes out a month later and there's all these sentences, this this exposition where he's like, Ramsey stands on the balcony of the of the office and takes a slow drag of his cigarette. i never smoked a cigarette in my life.
1: At least you were in the article. Yeah. And also Gus was completely... I picked him up at the airport. Gus was I drove the guy down <laughs> to I'm not even mentioned in the article. Completely
2: omitted. Completely omitted from the article. <laughs> there were only four of us. His family thought he was lying about being in Rooster Teeth when it came out. <laughs> it's not like there was a huge cavalcade of characters. Jason was in it more than you. Good uh, grief. So, uh... So at one point, MTV came to do a story on us. They came to do a couple stories on us. But Sway was still working in MTV oh, at MTV at the time. Yeah. You remember Sway, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so Sway shows up, and he's a fucking cool, super yeah. cool, cool dude. He was at the tail end of his time at MTV. He was aging out. He did not give a fuck. He was just, like, he was just along for the ride, right? Mm. So he was just, like, talking about how, <laughs> like how fucking country it was and, like, making fun of it. It was fucking awesome. But he went downstairs to get a coffee. He came back up, and he got confused and he didn't go in our <laughs> no. he didn't go in our 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 apartment he walked into the blonde girl's no. apartment and <laughs> she was like getting out of the shower and he, she no, like no, opens. No. It. She was fully clothed. She was fully clothed, but I remember she had like a towel on her head okay, or something. Yeah. And, uh, and she opened the door, and this just like black dude with dreads walked in,
1: and she screamed, and he screamed, and he was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." It was fine. It was. A- what, what I remember him saying was that she looked at him. The reason I bring up that she was fully clothed is because he said she looked at him, screamed, and then still covered her breasts and her, <laughs> her groin. Yeah. And he was like, "She had all her clothes on. <laughs> Why was she covering you? And it was it was it was it was was,
2: turned out to be very funny. The cops weren't called; it wasn't a big deal. But he was fucking shook after that. He was like, "This is not the town. I'm walking into the wrong fucking apartment complex and scaring
1: people in." (laughs) Oh my
0: god, that's crazy!
1: Oh god, wow, that was a cool guy. Yeah, man. We had we had a lot of visitors down there uh, at that apartment. It's interesting because we've had um, you know for the the production company for Rooster Teeth, we've had uh, a very long running podcast that we've been running for. 10 years? 30, oh God, no, fuck you. <laughs> We've <were> been running <laughs> it for like 13 or 14 years now at this point. But when we started that podcast, we were already in the Congress office. Yes. So like a lot of this stuff, like all the Buda stories. Predated up. Predated it. And we may have talked about it, but it's not something I think we ever really dug well, into because there was so much other stuff to talk about at the time.
2: It's also, I've, I've realized we're at a point where, not I, I, the last decade plus of podcasting, and also, uh, all the other kind of videos we do that are uh, just conversational, where you share stories. I've tried really hard not to repeat stories, and because I know, yeah, like, yeah, like, one yeah. of the guys we work with, who or used to work with, uh, Bernie, who has since retired. He used to get hit all the time for just telling the same stories on the podcast over and over again. So I'm always hyper-conscious of that. But we're so long in the tooth yep. that it doesn't matter. Nobody listening to us today yeah. was listening to us five years ago. Yeah.
1: Uh, plus, also we had, it, we had so many people who we even worked with internally at the company who would get mad at us for retelling stories. Yeah. So it, like, it really trained us to try to not do that. But it, we, we churned through audience And after a 13-year podcast, you're going to – the same people who are listening now are not the people who are listening at the beginning. They don't know those stories. No one's going to go back and listen to 5,000 hours of – however fucking long it's – it's like – Six hundred and fifty episodes now? Yeah. And like two hours, like so like no one's gonna listen to like fifteen hundred hours of podcast yeah. to get caught up on every single story you And ever if told. they do, they're not gonna remember eighty mm-hmm.
2: percent of them. So yeah. I matter. don't remember it. Yeah. So I'm 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 allowing myself car blanche to tell
0: any story throughout the history of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I uh, think I don't that, feel like it's I'll allow it. I think that's the reason for this show too. Like okay. that's the reason for this podcast. A is just soft getting, reboot. Yeah, get it yeah, getting you guys together and just like hey, let's talk about this place, this area, this thing, and just go. Like, the way that you guys start going about Buda and all this stuff, like, I've never heard a lot of this stuff. So this is fun I, for me. I, I,
1: I sometimes try to remember when we first met Eric. I oh, try tried, tried to place Jesus. it down, and I I, it's like I feel like you're like COVID. You're just endemic. You've always been there. <laughs> when, when
0: did we meet? That's a great it, question. Uh, probably at a PAX. Yeah, I 2004. Either a PAX five? or a Comic-Con. It wouldn't have been four. It, would have been, it probably would have been 2004. God, probably 2005, yeah. something like that. And then it was like, but that's where I came from, Mega64, and that was just us being booth neighbors one time and then going, we should do this every time. Yeah, to Bernie, who's since retired, to his detriment, of, <laughs> I was there at every convention that he was at. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but we became such fast
2: friends oh, yeah. with the Mega64 guys because at our very first Comic-Con, we just happened to be next to yep. you guys we, in a booth. We it weren't, wasn't our second. We were, we were next it to the second, second Comic-Con. Con. The first
1: Comic-Con, we were in the back by R- that uh, R- comic book, Rainbow Comic Books? Was that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Like a comic book publisher. Yeah.
2: And uh, so the second time, and we became such fast friends that we just, it became a part of every convention we went to. To, yep. We have to be next to Mega sixty four, yep. and you guys became our first real internet friends. Yeah, that's great, and uh, we just had the best time for years and years and years. I remember I have a very specific memory of you, Eric, mm-hmm. when I realized I wanted to work with you. Uh-huh. This wasn't that long ago. We great. were well, it was before you started working here. <laughs> oh, okay. We were. We did. It was during E three uh-huh. in L A, and we did our sales. Team did a meet and greet for members of the podcast network. Uh huh. Oh, that yeah, that was like and 2017? was it was like H three H. There's a bunch of people did people in the industry were there. You were the, there.
0: Was it the ping pong place?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: I do remember that. Yeah, yeah.
2: And we were and I'd known you for you know ten years yeah, at that yeah. point or something. Uh, we were we were friendly. Yeah, friendish. You know, we would always hang out in whatever town uh, we were we cohabitated in mm-hmm. at the time. But you. We're at a table with Gus and two other people, and I was talking to Lewis and kind of <laughs> making the rounds, and you were holding court, and you were telling these fucking Mario jokes. I don't remember what it, they it are. because
1: Mar- Mario's got a gun. It's yeah. using Mario Rabbids. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, so yeah, it it just been Mario Rabbids gun and thing? You were, I, and I was standing next to and I pointed at Lewis, and I said, just watch what's going on here. And Gus was guffawing. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even remember who the other people were, but you were just like, you were doing a podcast (laughs) by yourself. And I turned to Lewis and I said, we we have got to hire him to work here.
1: When when we did Last Laugh Season 2, which is a a Ristfeet production, Mm -hmm. one of the social promotion clips, they sat me down to do an interview and they asked, what... Can you remember the time you laughed hardest in your life? And that's the memory I told them. That's the story I told them. Yeah, that's when Eric was talking (laughs) making jokes about Mario having a gun when Mario Rabbids was announced. Like Mario's gonna kill you, Mario.
2: I just that's so funny because i wasn't even a part of the conversation but watching it from afar it left such an indelible imprint on me i thought like eric has to work for him oh, in, in some capacity and i'm so glad that you ended up there. i'm glad it worked out now like, i won't make a podcast without you they,
1: except for one we yeah. had to hire him in secret did you know that oh no, yeah i didn't yep. know that yep why patrick salazar and i had to uh-huh. work under the table to keep <laughs> the process out of Bernie's sight. Yep. Oh. So we had to work to get him. <laughs> was to he interview. an impediment? Was Bernie an impediment to you? <laughs> Does he hate you?
0: <laughs> hate it. So we hated had to like me.
1: try to figure out how to interview and get all the paperwork and everything done uh-huh. without and Bernie was had his hands every like he wasn't the CEO or anything, but he was just very Tentacles. aware of everything happening yeah. in the company. He knew everything. So we had to like very quietly get everything started. And Bernie didn't find out until
0: Oh, Eric's first day when he in the, the, the podcast. studio. On the, the <laughs> podcast that you guys were on. And that was my introduction. And he saw me and went, What are you doing here? And I, <laughs> like, I'm the producer and, for this and, show. And I went, I work here. And he went, What? And um, that's when he found out. <laughs> he, I mean, it's no secret. He hated me. And it was from all the conventions and everything. Because yeah. it's just all constant constant it's we were all on all that all the time, the, all the yeah. time. but yeah. for me i think it was just that thing where i'm in that sweet spot where i just fucking needled him yeah and i think he hated me until after i got hired i produced e3 that year yes and like ran it like clockwork and he was like oh he's not some dipshit <laughs> yeah. he can actually do stuff yeah. i will say bernie is
2: a, is a complicated man wonderful dude uh, who we've spent twenty something years Forever, working together yeah. and building this company with, and uh, obviously a creative genius. But uh, if you get on his bad side, oh yeah, it is like <laughs> it is a it's a lifelong offense. Oh, like it's yeah. hard, oh, to, it's yeah. hard yeah. to yep. win him back. Yep,
1: he is he is a, a harsh judge. I mean, we've, we've we've been on that many times. <laughs> oh, we've God, been, dude. been on the shit list, off the shit do list. Do you
2: think you've been? Do you think I'll I'll, I'll say you and I as a team? Because okay. whenever I got yelled
1: at, you got yelled yes. at, and whenever you got yelled
2: at, it's, I got. We were yeah. like a package deal. Yeah. Do you think you and I have been yelled at by Bernie more than anyone else in his life? Do you think there's any ex-wives, kids, college friends, anyone else in his 40, well, I'm 46, he's got to be 48, right? Somewhere around there. In his 48 years, come close to as much as he's yelled at you and I.
1: Well, I, I, I can't imagine. No. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've known him way, way longer than probably just about anybody else. And, yeah. and we've spent, not only that, we've spent more time in a room with him. And it's just a side effect of, of being there. Yeah, I mean, those, you know, we always talk
2: about it. Uh, and it, 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 you talk about it so much, it, it, it sounds like a, this thing that's not real. Mm-hmm. It's not a tangible thing. But we really were working 11 to 14 hours a day, every day, six or seven days a week for the first,
1: like, yeah. we bought, eight years? We bought a couch to put in the production room so that if three of us were in the room, two people could work and one person could take a nap. And then the person who took a nap could come up and work and then one of the people working could go and take a nap. Like, we could all trade out taking a nap because there wasn't enough time to go home and sleep. So it's like we bought a nap couch that way we could work as much as possible.
2: I remember we were... Making a, it was we were making one of our DVDs that was called it was crunch time for us mm-hmm. because we would pack the DVDs. It'd be for a we'd make a DVD that would be, comprise a season of the cartoon we were making, Red versus Blue, which was usually eighteen to twenty episodes, probably clocking in about two hours mm-hmm. feature length. Uh, and then we would try to put at least that much bonus content. bonus content in. Like if we had a two hour season, we wanted two hours of bonus content and Easter eggs, and that was on a, top of like a commentary and all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a ridiculous amount of work. We put way too much work into those DVDs. I remember having a conversation with Matt one time. He was wrapped in a towel sitting on the couch. And he, he looked at me and he was just like, he was just out of it. And he goes, I don't think I've been home in nine days. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And oh, I go, my God. Are you serious? And he was like, I don't know. What's yeah. today? And we sat down and figured out. And
1: he hadn't been home. He had kids. He hadn't been home in nine days. It, it was it, like, it's impossible to overstate wow. the amount of work that went in on those early days. And, you know, it was early internet time. It's It seems like it's early internet time. To us, I felt like it wasn't. We were all on internet really early. But learning so much, like not being able to like Google stuff or figure it out because no one had really done it. It's like the only people doing that were like big mega corporations. Everything was a hack we did. Yeah. And I mean, we learned so much. Like I, to this day, I hate DVD players. (laughs) (laughs) I hate DVD players with a passion (laughs) because we learned every DVD player has different logic for how it handles a disc. So it's like you had to test We would burn a test DVD like Jeff was talking about, and we'd have to test it on as many different DVD players as we could and find a bug like, oh, this one particular DVD player doesn't like this. We need to reauthor the entire thing. And then you'd be like, okay, this is decent. Send it out. And like, oh, this one brand of a cheap DVD player hates this DVD and will not play it. We need to make a new version and exchange anybody who has this problem, like swap out their DVD. And then talk about learning to hate your own content too. We would have to test if that DVD had four hours
2: of content we would have to test four hours of content yep. every burn. And so you, by the time, and it wasn't bad enough that we had to make the fucking cartoon too. And we'd seen it a hundred times before it came out on a Friday or a Monday. But then we had to watch, I mean, probably would, we would watch those episodes
1: thousands of times. Mm-hmm. I fucking hated, hated that thing that we all made that I loved. <laughs> so I'm going to circle back now that you say that. One of the proudest moments I have, speaking of things that we, <laughs> that we hate, I'll bring, it, I'll bring it around to pride. One of the proudest moments I have actually is when we had our first screening of that project at the Draft House, yes. at the original location. I'm glad you got there, which is now gone down on Colorado Street. And we had different versions of season one, so you know we had the actual version as it released, the movie version, and then for like festivals or screenings, we had like a 60-minute cut that like cut a bunch of stuff out just to try to like compact it in. It's irrelevant. I don't know why I bring that up, but that was really cool to go from like being a fan and going to the draft house to watch things that I loved, like Gremlins at Midnight, I go to like Night of the Living Dead screen. Like, it was never a new release movie. It was like something iconic, something that you love for whatever reason, to then be on the other side of it, to like be standing in front of the crowd at the, you know, uh, at the screen and you know, people not yelling at you to sit down. <laughs> <It was> actually... <laughs> talk talk <laughs> about Trial by Fire, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. actually like you know, bought a ticket to, to see you. It was like that was, in my mind, I was like, we are never going to top this. Mm-hmm. Like this is the absolute coolest I will never forget this. And then we did, and I'll tell you how, keeping it with the Alamo. So we did that first
2: showing, and Tim came to us afterward and said, That went so well. We sold it out. He had us do another 14 days. We what? did 15 days in a row, yep. 15 days in a row across the two Alamos at the time, village and downtown, and we sold out every one. Oh and my I, I want to say, and maybe I'm wrong here, but we might have done two shows a night. I don't yeah. remember. We had to split, we split our, group. our
1: group. Some up. people would have to go to the village, some people would go to the
2: original. So we sold out, I think, 30 shows in 15 days, which was phenomenal. And then we, every year when a new season would come out, we would probably do like one showing, yeah. like a theatrical showing. But when the original Alamo closed, which was a big deal to everybody. I mean, at this point, they had Alamo South Lamar, they had Lakeline, they had uh, Village, they it, had Ritz. houses is out,
1: out of Austin at that I point. Think.
2: Yeah, they were out of Austin as well. When they uh, uh, finally closed down the 4th the in Colorado Alamo, Tim came to us and he asked us to be a part of the final week of programming. Oh, yeah. wow. So we came back and did one final show at the original Alamo, and Tim may have said that, I will never forget this to the the day I die, Tim, he may have said this to every single performer who got up that week and did a showing with them. I have no idea. I know that Quentin Tarantino was a part of that. I know there were a lot of more famous people than us. Way more famous. but (laughs) Way, 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 way more famous than us. But Tim stood there in front of that crowd, and he told us that we were his favorite guests in the history of the Alamo. Wow. And that meant so fucking much to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that touched me. Even if it was lip service, even if he only meant it in the moment, or even if it was just a nice thing he said, that meant so fucking much to me as someone who fell in love with Austin in 19— I moved here—well, I joined the Army, but I, the whole reason I got into Texas was because at 16 I saw Slacker mm-hmm. in Alabama, and I thought, I want to live there. I want to live where people talk like that. Mm-hmm. And so it had been my goal since 16 to live in Austin and to have someone who I respected so much who was— I thought emblematic of of the entrepreneurial nature of this city and making it such a special place to to give us such high praise was like I could have I could have retired that moment. It was man, that's cool. fucking yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, man, what a what a sad day that 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 closed and now it's torn down and totally gone. Now it's torn down. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even know it. Jason hadn't told us. I would have had it, no it, idea. Not and again, not that it was like <laughs> a phenomenal theater. It was a fucking dump. It was <laughs> a, it was a dump. <laughs> but it was like the care that went into it and the programming and like I mean I saw. The jerk there, and they served everyone pizza in a cup. You know, I uh, went to like- that show with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, it was just like all kinds of like cool old stuff. You know, that I felt like a lot of stuff that was special to me and maybe our generation, like movies that influenced us and our sensibilities <laughs> uh, to this day. Do
2: you remember <laughs> before YouTube, when you wanted to watch people get hit in the nuts with footballs uh-huh. or like monkeys pissing their own mouths or whatever, you would have to go to the Alamo and they would have these like there was this local access show called the show with no name and it was the internet before it was internet video sharing before it became a thing and so this guy charlie would program like two hours of like just dudes falling off ladders and shit and we would go watch it on a friday night at the alamo and that was how you that was how you scratch that itch man yeah tim used to go to japan and sit in a hotel room and record everything on tv for like a week. And then he would come back and he would program like an hour and a half of weird Japanese TV. And you yeah. would go watch it.
1: Because you couldn't get it. Yeah, because you couldn't the, get it. There was no other way to do that. Man, they just did the coolest stuff back then. I guess they probably still do. I just, you know. Well, it's, it's hard to say. Like with COVID, we've all been kind of like locked down yeah. for a while.
0: Yeah. But now we're doing this and we should probably yeah. put a bow on it and wrap up. Uh, what did you want to call this? Dude, by the way, that was good producing
2: you just did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We I can see why you won Bernie over.
0: Yeah.
2: Here's my idea for what we should call it. Okay. I think we should call it Good Morning, Gus.
1: No. I knew you'd hate me. <laughs> no. I don't want my I name. just need you to like I it. I don't want my name in it. I don't want good my name morning, in the title. Good morning, Gus. I don't we, want my
0: name in the title. Why? It has to be something with Gus and Jeff. Like, there's no, like. Good news, Ratman. What, Let's that's call it, no, that's <laughs> a different thing. That's a different thing. I, it's, it sounds
2: good.
1: It's fun to say, Good Morning, Gus. No, and no, you're no. not a morning person, no. and I am. So <laughs>
2: I love I, I, it. I
1: kind of am
0: more now than I used to be. Okay. It's a part of getting old. Yeah. Well No, no, no. Let's not call it that. Well, I guess we'll figure out a name because this was a test, but it'll probably be released as an episode. Oh, this <laughs> is definitely episode
1: one of Good Morning I, Gus. I didn't come out here to film to record something that we're not releasing.
2: <laughs> yeah, we listen, we we did our tests last year.
0: Okay. Well, we did it. Uh anything you want people to know? I mean, what what do you think? Final thoughts on Halcyon Coffee. Seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not bad, but not
2: the best. F- fucking I wouldn't seek it out, but I wouldn't it's fine. It's, 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 it's fine. Close. It's, it's close. It's convenient. It's yeah. fine. It's good. Don't not go. Yeah. Yeah. But also don't go out of your way. That's yeah. How, that's how it feels to There's me. probably better coffee. Do, where are we going to go next? Can we pick now so we can give the audience something
1: to look for? Yeah, if to? you want to. Where should it be?
0: Yeah. I mean, the flight path is close. I, I uh, think
1: it's a great opportunity to build social engagement, to ask people.
0: Where we should go? Where we should go?
1: Okay, On so we'll leave it up to the audience. Ask a
0: lot of people who what? aren't from here, don't live here. Where we should just yeah. pick a pick, do a poll and see yeah. what they just pick. Just
2: Google coffee shops in Austin and tell us which one you want us to go to. Yeah. Okay, look at photos online.
0: Okay, yeah, there you go. You can follow us at, and then it's the name of the show. Good we'll morning, we, Gus. Okay, no.
1: <laughs> I'm registering that right now, so you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. You want
0: to uh, say goodbye? Goodbye, Jeff. Goodbye, They're
2: Gus. <laughs> Oh, how about, what were we going to call it last time? Mind your own business? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good right. one. It's either good morning, Gus, or mind your like own business. i
0: would mind your own business with Gus and Jeff. And yeah, there you good. go. Cool.